0: so I uh, actually have a, another day trip to Fresno. So I'm actually recording this video, what would be Wednesday night. I'm going to post it Thursday morning, but I'm going to go ahead and review um, Everyday Millionaire by Chris Ho. Uh, I found the book very interesting. Uh, it just, I finished it uh, actually two days ago and I got a, a whole bunch of notes. So I thought what I would do is sort of go through it. I actually kind of, you know, marked several pages throughout this, things that that kind of were interesting. me. kind of have three different sections I thought I would share with you. First were kind of interesting facts, right? The premise of the book is they interviewed uh, 10,000 millionaires, right? Kind of the same principle that was in The Millionaire Next Door. The Millionaire Next Door, um, I believe, came out in the 80s, right? The 1980s was a book I did a book review on already and really kind of shared the fact that, you know, anybody could be a millionaire. Uh, It was really more about what you kept uh, than what you uh, made. Uh, And this book, um, Everyday Millionaire takes that premise uh, to the next level. Uh, I agree with everything in the book. I like probably 99.9%. There was a couple of just a couple of comments that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, But overall a book that's, you know, several hundred pages and, and, uh, was extremely well written. Uh, obviously, gets a pass there. But I'll, I'll share everything I, I thought for you. First section I sort of created were kind of interesting facts, and I'm going to do my best to quote them. So I'm going to look at my notes. Uh, the first is the average millionaire crass, crossed that seven-figure mark when they were 49. Uh, now, it's it should come as no surprise to you um, that you know Chris is a Dave Ramsey fan uh, follower. Um, coach, I believe. Um, and, you know, they, their premise is invest in a 401k, get the company match, do it for a long time, and, you know, the magic of the math works out. So uh, the average millionaire, again, in their study, uh, crossed that mark of seven figures at 49. I thought that was interesting. The other thing I thought was really interesting is, again, this subset of 10,000 people. Uh, 70% of them, so 7 out of 10, saved more than 10% of their income. That's a big number, right? And you know, the other thing that was really interesting is that most of them didn't have high-paying jobs, right? There were several, probably more than half, and I'm just guessing based on the case studies they gave us, where they never made more than $50,000 as their as their job. They're talking about accountants and teachers and engineers and things like that. So I thought that was pretty interesting, saving greater than 10% of your money. And, you know, I'd ask you, do you save 10% of your income? You know, it's, um, it's interesting. Uh, Another one that I thought was really interesting is 76% of the millionaires they interviewed thought that anybody with hard work and focus uh, and dedication, obviously, could get there as well. And I thought that was pretty encouraging. That really goes to the fact that um, the people that crossed that barrier realized that they didn't do anything special, if you will. So. Um, I thought that was pretty good on them. Uh, The other one, obviously, I said it already, is high income doesn't make you a millionaire. Um, Frankly, a high income, they highlighted several times, could lead to bad behavior and overspending and things of that nature. So I thought that was pretty good. Uh, And then uh, this is the one that got me. 79% of the millionaires they interviewed um, did it via the 401k and their company matches and their retirement plans. I think this was really selection bias, right? I think... Um, you know, they interviewed 10,000 millionaires that followed Dave Ramsey, uh, and, and that kind of message. It's people that are in their circle. They were very clear about it. It's not like they were hiding it or anything. Um, but you know, I don't, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way that they were so focused on that. I think if they would have looked at 10,000 millionaires, maybe half from that and half from elsewhere, I think we might've found some different stories. Um, and we'll talk about that in a minute. So there's a couple of things, though, I just flat out fully agreed with. Um, I believe there are a lot of people allow what they called, and I think I've quoted it correctly, is lifestyle creep. That means as your wage goes up, right, or maybe it goes this way, uh, in, your spending goes up. I suffered through that through my 20s. As my income went up, I just bought more stuff. I bought nicer stuff. You know the, And now what I call need versus want um, I was buying wants and not needs. And and they talk about, again, in the book, if you're, if you're focused on your needs and then you're saving, um, you know, that's, that's how you get there. And you do that over time. You do that with the support of your significant other and the rest of your family. And you can get there. You might get there when you're 49, like they did in their story. Uh, but you can get there Uh, again. They do the whole discipline budget sacrifice, right? They took care of their needs uh, but their, their needs were pretty basic. Uh, again, they were, had discipline and then budgeted and they tracked and they did all of that. Uh, I thought it was interesting that all walks of life following this strategy. In fact, if, if you want the slow path uh, to the process and you're willing to, to work for 40 years, I think the math says that even if you make 50 grand a year, you can become a millionaire. Uh, you do this, you do some savings, 401k, you get your company match. Assuming the stock market does what it has historically done, uh, I think 40 years, uh, you know, if a million dollars is the simple goal, uh, then then there you go. Um, nothing was overnight. Uh, they made a very big point of that. This all takes time. Uh, it takes uh, dedication. Um, I think they said something like 91% of them did it in, in more than 10 years, which means some of them did it in less, but most of them got there in, in greater than 10 years, uh, which makes total sense. They're not taking high risks, high growth, you know. They're not investing in, in crypto or, or, or whatever early. Uh, they actually had a couple examples of people just making bad investments and burning through a, a quarter of a million dollars In one example on vitamin popsicles or something. Um, it, was, um, it was a funny story actually. Um, again, anyone can be a millionaire. Um, it's boring, it's slow, it's just, it's just doing a process and over and over every week putting stuff away. Um, they don't do uncalculated risks. Uh, they do have their money work card, right? They're making sure it's in there. Uh, and then they they were also very keen on the fact that it's important to do it with your significant other, which I believe as well. You can't have one person earning and saving and then the other one's leaking oil and, and doing something else. So um, I thought that was uh, pretty well done. Uh, a couple of the other ones they talked about that kind of, you know, got at me is they're obviously pushing the debt free message. Uh, which I think is great, right? I think having credit card debt or student loans or car loans or any of that is, is interest you shouldn't be paying, right? In my opinion, um, paying off your house, right? That's kind of a judgment call, right? I think, I think before you retire, you, your house should be paid off. Um, that would be really cool uh, for you to have the biggest, biggest, I don't know, variable covered, if you will. Uh, however, uh, the one I didn't like um, was no debt for investments that one kind of bothered me a little bit. Uh, and they made some I don't know, off the cuff remarks that, that I thought were unfair. Right? They 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 gave an example of some hotshot real estate investors who frankly aren't real estate investors, they're speculators, talking about high leverage and appreciation and negative cash flow doing this and that and um I think they branded all real estate investors with one brush and I think that's very unfair. Um so that didn't sit well with me. I think having debt, conservative debt, you know, 50, 60 percent LTV on a cash flowing asset that's fixed rate, that's protected with inflation and all those other things. Um, I don't know how else you do it. Right. I guess you spend 40 years. Right. I think if you follow the one rental at a time story um, and you do the conservative finance, fixed rate debt, let appreciation happen, mortgage pay down, um, you're going to get there a lot sooner than 40 years. I mean, that's the thing that really got me is. If you really want to do something for 40 years, you know, you start when you're 22 or 23, you're going to be in your 60s. Um, I would much rather be done when my 40s, right? Wouldn't you rather have 20 years back in your life? And and I think that's when they made the comment about their real estate investors and no debt for real estate is wrong, frankly. I think if you're buying a cash flowing asset and you have a 50% loan, right? You put down 50% and you let your tenants pay off the other and you're cash flowing five or $600 a month. Right, and maybe it's turnkey or or it's pride of ownership, and there's no repairs for five or six years. I mean, come on, right? It's 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 pretty cool. Uh, the other one that they talked about that kind of rubbed me the wrong way is they made a very clear definition of uh, financial freedom or financial independence, and their definition was being debt-free. That's certainly not my definition, right? My definition is having more income coming in every month than my bills are uh, by a margin, right? Um, it is nice to have some assets debt free. I won't, it's, that's, that's options for you. But again, I think sort of the you know, highlighting all debt, even debt on investment properties is a mistake is an error in judgment, right? Having investment properties owned free and clear, frankly, in some, some worlds can make you a target. Um, and having, and, and borrowing money against them is tax free. So, you know, I, I didn't like some of that stuff, but in the end, I think, you know, everyday millionaires for most people, uh, if you don't want to take the risk, if you don't want to learn your market, you want to do the homework we talk about in that book, one real at a time. I think it's a great book. I think everybody should read it. I think you should read the millionaire next door and read this one. It talks about the same things, right? Live below your means. Don't, don't believe people with nice cars all have money. Anybody can do it as long as you focus um, get on board with your significant other. Um, and, and, you know, again, lastly, anyone can do it. So in the end, uh, very happy with the book. I'm glad I read it. I got halfway through and I was like, I don't know if I could finish this one because I, I didn't like how real estate investors were branded in a couple of their comments. Um uh, but I got through it, right. If you start something, finish it. Uh, and I did. And, um, I do think Chris Hogan is about helping people. I think he's, I think he's authentic and, and genuine, which is awesome and uh, I recommend the book. Uh, I think Everyday uh, Millionaires is a book that I will, I will read probably every time I read Millionaire Next Door. I'll follow up with this because I, I think they're a nice tie-in. So at the end, I wanted to make sure you had a video today because I'm off to Fresno and you never know when I'll be able to get a video done. So have a great day and take care.